0: Welcome to Commending and Contending, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Australia. I'm your host, Jonathan Holt. The Gospel Coalition Australia exists to encourage and assist Australian Christians to remain convinced of the truth and power of the Gospel, to commend and tend for the Gospel in our lives and ministries, and to foster connections between individuals, churches, and other ministries so that we can most effectively advance the Gospel in Australia. Joining me today is TGCA website editor, Mikey Lynch. G'day, Mikey. Hey, how you going, Jonathan? Yeah, doing really well. Now, I'm sure you know lots of people, but not everybody knows you. Can you just introduce yourself so that our listeners can get a sense of who you are?
1: Well, as you said, I'm the new editorial director for the TGCA website as of a few months ago. Uh, I also lead the staff team with the AFES ministry um, in Hobart, University of Tasmania in Hobart. And I've been involved in a bunch of other ministries, was uh, involved in a church plant for a number of years, Presbyterian Church Crossroads, um, and one of the founding directors for Reach Australia, which began its existence as Geneva Push Church Planning Network and now is involved in a larger range of things, um, as well as a a parachurch that helps provide IT support for churches and ministries in Australia called New Front Door. So a bunch bunch of different things I've been involved in over the years, yeah.
0: Sounds like you wear many different
1: hats.
0: (laughs) Uh, Tell us, how has God been encouraging you recently?
1: You know what? As uh, you raised this as a question, I I guess I, as uh, routine as it sounds, like I I was just it just brought back to the, the the basics of kind of Christian devotional life in Bible reading, prayer, and church. Are really encouraging to me, and and I guess uh, as you as the months turn to years, turn to decades in your Christian life, uh, you just want to keep keep walking um, until glory. And so thanking thanking God and praying and repenting and um, you know praising and worshiping Him, um, uh, meeting with His people and listening to His Word and and singing, um, uh, yeah, I mean these basic things uh, do encourage me and sustain me. You know, like there's cool stories along the way. But I mean, there's a lot of the time when the Christian life is ordinary and Christian ministry is ordinary or even difficult, um, and so fundamentally, I'm not maintained in my Christian life through the the exciting, you know, kind of event or season so much as just again just basking uh, in the glory of God and His His salvation, His love for me. Yeah
0: that's beautiful thank you uh so helpful that uh in the midst of a lot of ordinariness that seems to feature in our lives uh god is present right there uh, in the midst Absolutely. of that yeah. encouraging yeah so good When we're contending uh, for the gospel of Jesus, quite often uh, that comes through writing. Uh, Lots of Christians write. uh, People write books, they write blogs, they write for websites. Uh, You've done a bit of thinking about how to write well. What does it mean to contend for the gospel through our writing? Where do you normally go with that? Yeah, well, I mean,
1: it's interesting how you introduced it, saying like often it's through writing. I guess I maybe for we perhaps your average person when they immediately think of commending or contending for the gospel they'd think of verbally speaking i think you know preaching conversations that kind of thing um and and so i suppose i'd come at from the other angle jonathan and go well you know in addition to the the verbal speaking there also is important written stuff um i mean our scriptures obviously contain that in a bunch of ways don't they both records of god's great deeds and, and poems and songs and proverbs, but often letters written to challenge, confront, encourage, remind uh, individuals and churches and Christian leaders, all that kind of stuff. So really, you know, it's a central part of our our religion, isn't it? That God has uh, not only spoken, but has also written and preserved words for us. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a really important additional part of, of Christian ministry. In a way, it's kind of a in terms of the writing we do today, a lot of it's kind of, you could say it's parachurch work in the sense that outside of kind of creeds and confessions and reports for a church or a denomination, you know, a lot of it is the book or the letters or the blogs or the Facebooking, tweeting, that kind of stuff, but still is important. Like I think the um, the more informal written stuff, it just, in, just adds to our conversation and it, enables us to have conversations with a larger pool of people, you know, written correspondence, when it then gets posted, um, whether by by mail or, you know, virtually on the internet, um, it crosses distance. And so you can, you know, just as, you know, there was a, a Protestant network of letter writing and um, advice swapping, uh, during the time of the Reformation and and then a whole evangelical global network of journals and newsletters and tracts and you know all those things were um, uh, enabled a network of Christians to grow up beyond just the village or the town or the country even yeah it's the same now it's the same now whether it's through Twitter or blogs and so on, on one level just that informal thing I think connects us and makes us wiser together and makes us more cosmopolitan together um, but but then the more formal written stuff, I think, is important too. So books, or um, perhaps the more established blog—that's not just I started a blog for a while when I was at college, but the the one that really has been become a ministry all its own. Um, uh, yeah, and then um, things like TGCA. I mean, I said yes to this job because I, I experienced as a reader of the website that it was it was a website that I would be. <laughs> they're really interesting like articles would pop up and i'd go oh yeah i'll see what they have to say and to some extent the platform had some degree of trust in it for me so that i went i can trust that it will be good quality and thoughtful stuff you know so there's a place for those in a sense i think the more established blogs have replaced the journal or the magazine you know um, that now they're web you know since tgca is a web magazine right and so it has that important sort of it's not just a letter, it's not just a personal blog, it's it's a, a more established thing. And books are like that too, that, um, that to some extent they last a little longer, they reach a little further, they come with a little bit more um, weight or authority. And, and it's, I guess it's every generation of Christians is thinking out loud and, and working out what we think and um, uh, coming, coming to grips with the, the current culture we're in. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll kind of ponder how you think about other times of great upheaval, whether it's the i don't know the black death or the the tumble, tumbling down of the you know the western roman empire and a lot of writing happened then like even though it was at this state of emergency and disaster um even then you needed people to think through well how do we think now what does it mean to be part of the kingdom of god when it feels like so much of what we're used to is collapsing around us yeah and so <laughs> not to be alarmist but we're at a there's all various, various kinds of emergencies or issues or uh, declines and, as well as good things in, in, um, amongst God's people today. And so to be writing and thinking that through, I think is, is really important. So, um, so happy to be doing the job I'm doing, um, both as a writer and an editor, helping other people um, with their ministry of writing too.
0: Yeah, I'm sold. It sounds like the ministry <laughs> of writing is a really valuable thing, uh, and all too easily we can take for granted the quality of resources uh, and the excellent editorial work that goes into making sure. Oh, Matt,
1: that- look, especially with books. Gosh, I mean, there are some people who are indie authors, you know, who who write and publish their own work themselves, um, and that they become, in a sense, a one man, one woman editorial, book, you know, book publisher, but often. Often the self-published stuff, you notice it because it has a less quality, whereas having worked with Matthias Media, which isn't a huge organisation, but the time and the attention to detail and the care that they put into trying to try and make in my book or anyone else's book um, as good as it can possibly be, even just on the line level of correct grammar and footnotes is um, is a great service, you know, and it, yeah, yeah, it's it takes time, it takes a lot of time and effort to get it right. And even then errors uh, sneak through, as happened too often with me on the TGACA
0: website too. Uh. Some of the uh, skills of kind of writing well is that that grammar stuff, just making sure things are really readable. But there are probably some kind of bigger, more important issues about how to write well, things that you've noticed communicate more clearly or more helpfully the truths of the gospel. What, what sort of things should kind of emerging writers uh, want to be looking out for when it comes to really good written contending for the gospel? Uh, uh, there's a whole range of
1: pitfalls in a sense. I mean, being overly technical is obviously one, that if, if something is just hard to access because it, the sentences are too tangled up and there's too many kind of technical terminology, um, you know, that, that can be one area. I mean, another can be. I think it's often important to make sure you have kind of like a, an imagined audience that you're writing to, that helps you with the so what. Like it's the same with preaching, isn't it, Jonathan? You have got to kind of go, who's this for? Like I'm just, I've just written this fabulous sermon, but who, so what? Like who, who am I talking to? And if you picture a couple of people in your church that it's for, or a couple of people who might read the thing, then you, you got to then say, so why should I care? Why should I bother reading your article? And and is it written in a kind of an active way that's almost again, like with preaching, it's almost in a conversation, like in the sense that there's not necessarily rhetorical questions, but things like that where you're bringing somebody with you, you know, in a direction and, and carrying them, persuading and um, ensuring that they see what you're saying along the way. So, I mean, I think that's another one. Um, and and like, there's a whole lot of things that go into tone and voice that are, that's the art of writing more than um, just the mechanics um, and and tone can be a bunch of things. So part of it is, um, I mean, this varies from writer to writer and website to website. But we we at least at the TGCA are trying are not adopting a tone that's overly combative or alarmist or anything like that. Um, uh, but it's also neither, you know, totally delicate and 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 whatever. So so you're kind of pitching this in between. You know, we're not highbrow, but we're also not overly conversational. So, so there's things like that working out, you know, where things sit, and and partly that just is finding, um, finding your place on whatever website or blog it is, and and fitting in well with that. Um, but also I think it is partly that's a persuasive thing as well. I think especially when you're dealing with controversial topics, cultural or theological, um, that, that I think a lot more is gained by thinking through how can I be persuasive and and work with the person I'm talking with rather than taking this stance that's more denouncing and I think often that tone is often more about rallying the people who already agree and I, I think about like say James chapter 5 the, the rebuke of the rich I'm not necessarily sure whether James chapter 5 was in the first place written to address actual rich people and call them to repentance in the first place or whether it was in a sense written for the audience of James's letter to hear what it's like when the rich are rebuked. Do you know what I mean? So it's a bit more indirect, a bit like the prophets speaking to the nations, how many of them read all of Ezekiel and Isaiah's prophecies. But it was important for Israel to hear what the Lord would say. Do you kinda of know what I mean? And so sometimes I think those that denunciation type thing is not actually for you know for calling to repentance a sinner, so much as it is rallying people to go, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas I, I think we're aiming to model what it would be like to speak the truth in a way that can get a get enough of a hearing that then the person can be then brought to repentance rather than switch off straight away going oh you're just you know you're just scolding me
0: every now and then our our facebook feed has a, a call for uh, yeah. contributions from from maybe new writers or other people uh, are there particular things that you'd love the writers to know about uh, as they get to work on their piece and send it through to you for editing,
1: look, I'd say we love it. I mean, it's great getting new writers and working with them, and it's um, that that's a there's a mentoring, coaching dimension and a recruiting to writing ministry dimension. There's there's newer writers. There's maybe people whose life circumstances mean other ministries aren't as available to them, but they have a good way with words. That's awesome. So I guess I want to encourage people. You know, by by God's grace, we've had a lot of new submitters over the last few months. So it's not that we're low on submissions. You know, often it can take even a couple of months for me to get. I think I've got one one of yours in the queue, Jonathan. Yeah. I'll get there, mate. Um yep. uh, because we've got so many, which is great. So and a lot of them are newer submitters. And that's so when we do the call to submission, it's not so much saying, oh, we're running dry, so much as to say, hey, the doors are open. We do welcome submissions. And I'll often give an an emphasis, hey, I'd love to see some more of this kind of piece, just to kind of round out the diet. Do you know what I mean? So don't want it all to just be devotional pieces, don't want it all to be news, current affairs pieces, want a balance of things. Um, So I guess that's the big thing I want to say. And then the process, if you haven't been through an editorial process before, it is a weird one. I've said to a few of our newer writers, it's a little like the first time you hear your voice on a recording. It's 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 an yeah. out of body is that me? And and when you get a piece back and and suddenly there's red pen everywhere, man, even even the really experienced writers you know there's things that need adjustment and editing on they just get used to that they just go yeah in a sense the just as of the making of many books there is no end like um ecclesiastes says of the making of many errors or there is no there's always extra things to find people who do PhDs know this right they spend months and months and months combing through this thing they submit it and then the examiners seem to find like (laughs) even more changes. you know minor corrections even that that need doing so so there's, there's nothing wrong with you if you get corrections and um and it it is a bit of a collaboration you know i'll i'll change things in your piece jonathan that you might go huh uh, i thought it was fine my way but whatever you know like it's there's there's a um there's a subjective dimension to it um and it does get easier i guess a bit like hearing your own voice in a recording after a while you get used to it and you stop the feeling so um bashful about it and the same way that that process of being edited um maybe i could say that Um, you don't lose your voice in the process even if you get edited and even sometimes I don't know an editor changes something from passive voice to active voice or simplifies a sentence it still sounds like you in the end and I guess that's another side of it you know please submit um, don't be put off by the edits and be reassured that um, your voice will come through even if um, even if there is an editorial process there, it still ends up sounding,
0: <laughs> sounding like you in the end. Actually, speaking of the website, uh, is there a resource at the website for the Gospel Coalition Australia that you'd like to recommend for us to go and have a look at?
1: Yeah, there is. And in some ways, this is could also be a spark to invite other things like this. Um, uh, our new chair of the council, Rory yep. Shine, I was just getting the title right, yep. Um He's just started a series that's kind of semi-fictional where it's a series of letters to young Christians. Um, the first one has just been come up uh, as of this time of recording, Dear Penelope, um, but we've got another one, uh, Dear Adrian or something coming up um, soon, and he's, he's planning a few of these um, that that will both be just in our articles, but you can also go down to the series tab down a bit lower and and they'll, they'll be all collected there as a series. Um, and, and it's just, it's a, like a... It's like the letter format, like Screw Tape letters or something, except it's not a devil writing. He does use your affectionate uncle, <laughs> um, but it's not a it's not a devil devilish one. It's it's a pastor writing to um to younger Christians, and they're like little essays. But they, because they're in this letter format, it's more deliberately a dialogue with one individual. And 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 as young Christians, meaning both, I think all of them will not just be young in the faith, but younger in age. You get an interesting cultural gap, for age gap, generation gap, d- dialogue going on. So they're, they're worth checking out. Watch that series as it unfolds, Letters to Young Christians.
0: Thanks, Mikey, for joining us. Uh, we'll put the links to those recommendations in the show notes. It's been great to talk with you today. Thanks, mate. This podcast is made by the Gospel Coalition Australia. You can help us by sharing this episode, maybe with others at your church or your parachurch group, uh, your Bible study group, uh, your ministry group. And you can help us by going to our website, make a donation to grow the networks of Australian voices speaking the gospel to Australians.